All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. It's a Thursday, January 7th, 2021, and uh, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to talk some sports. Jeff here, Brad here. Brad, how are you, man? And I'm good, ready to get to this uh, kind of off the top of the dome pod here a little bit. Sports yeah. world, a little bit of mailbag, get uh, get the questions from the people, man. This is fun. I like doing these. Yeah, we uh, have a bit of a, a mixture of stuff today. We're gonna we're gonna tackle it all. It'll be fun. Um, let's start off with the uh, the college football national championship game. Ohio State. Uh, they go and they obliterate Clemson, forty nine to twenty eight. Uh, Alabama made quick work of Notre Dame. They win thirty one fourteen, and that brings us to our finals, our championship game. Uh, Vegas currently has it at minus eight, Alabama. Um, in the over-under at 75, so they are predicting a high-scoring game, but Alabama winning by at least eight. Um, I think I know where you're going. I have my reasons for where I'm going. Two high-powered teams, two teams that are pretty good defensively. Um, who are you taking? Uh, Ohio State. Um, from the beginning, I know it's been a little bit crazy, but I have voiced my belief that Ohio State can win it all even though they weren't getting the type of recognition that Alabama and Clemson are. Yeah. Um, with that being said, you know, I'm a little nervous taking Ohio State because Alabama is just ridiculous offensively. Um, I think it's their best offense understatement, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think uh, statistic-wise, Najee Harris, um, Mac Jones, and Heisman winner Devontae Smith, I mean, that trio – I don't know if we've seen a trio quite this strong in college football in a long time at quarterback, wide receiver, running back. Um, I just, I think both offenses are equally high powered though. I think Ohio State's offense get it done, especially with the way Justin Fields played last game. It looked to be like they're unstoppable. Um, I don't think either defense is a home run hit. I just think Ohio State's defense can make more plays. And I have a little bit more confidence after seeing what they were able to do to Clemson. Uh, last time Alabama played a pretty good offense, they won, but Florida was able to put up quite a bit of points on them. So I like Ohio State. I definitely like them with the points. You said it was an eight-point spread, I believe, a little bit earlier to me. So yeah. I definitely like them for the points, um, but I also like Ohio State to win it outright. I think the Buckeyes get it done. Yeah, lots to unpack here. I mean, first off, I'll just I'll put it out there. For those of you that don't know, I took Clemson uh, to beat Ohio State. I was pretty vocal about it. Uh, lost some money on the game. It is what it is. But I thought that Ohio State's weaknesses were more than what they really were, I guess. I thought they uh, were weak on the back end, which they kind of are. Uh, I thought they were weak in the passing game, which they didn't look at against Clemson. I mean, Justin no. Fields threw six touchdowns, and a lot of them were deep. I mean, they, they weren't just dink and dunk it. They were throwing over the top. His draft stock went up big time. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I want to point out is this is very um, it, it's very similar to the run they had back in 2014. So uh, if, if we if we take just a tip back, a little trip back in the time machine. So you have uh, they lose they lose JT Barrett. They bring in Cardell Jones, um, much bigger arm than than JT Barrett. Nobody's arguing that at all. But so you have the the Big Ten championship game where Zeke goes for somewhere around 250. Okay, Trey Sermon in the Big Ten title game goes for 330 330, yeah, that was crazy. Something some crazy, okay? 
And then they have their first game against Bama, and Zeke goes for well over 200 in that one. Trey Sermon came just shy of 200 in this game against Clemson. If Ohio State is able to run the ball with Trey Sermon and they get another 200-yard performance, much like Zeke did against Oregon in the national championship game where he went, I believe, I don't have the numbers, like 260 and four touchdowns. Um, If they're able to have a good day, and I'm not saying that Trey Sermon's rushing for 250 and four touchdowns against Bama, but if he rushes for 200, Ohio State's going to be in real good shape. I I don't even know if him him 100%, but like if the team as a whole can get 200 yards on the ground. Um, I think asking for 200 is is a lot, but certainly, like you said, if he hits that number, I don't think they're beatable. I just don't think 100's enough. Like, so I think, I don't remember who it was, but I was having this conversation, and they said, what's stopping the run? What does Alabama have to do to stop the run? Uh, well, 100 yards in college football is really nothing. It's not like the NFL where you rush for 100 yards a good day. Rushing for 100 in college football isn't that big. I mean, you got to hold them much under five yards a carry. And Trey Sermon has been spectacular in the yards per carry category. So looking at the stat line for the year, Trey Sermon has 115 carries for 870 yards and four touchdowns. If you double 115 carries, that's 230. On the year, Najee Harris has 229. So he literally has almost doubled the carries that Trey Sermon does. He's one off. And he's only rushed for just shy of 1,400 yards, but 24 touchdowns. So they have a lot of sets at the goal. Oh, it's crazy. 24 touchdowns, and we'll get to the wide receivers in a minute. But obviously they've played more games than Ohio State. But they've had a lot of success in the red zone scoring. They don't kick a lot of field. I mean, they they score points. They averaged 48 on the year. You said it was one of their better seasons. It's got to be. Um, and they only allowed 19 a game. They have that total yards per game is 535 for Alabama, 544 for Ohio State. So just a tad higher. <sighs> Biggest thing for me, are you able to run the football? Because if you are, you bring the DBs up, you're able to go over the top, and Justin Fields has a much better day and is able to win this game. I don't think they're going to have that success. I think the DBs are going to be able to play more cushioned, more back. The safety is going to be able to play back. Um, Ohio, Alabama has a, has a number one corner in the country, a, a top two draft pick, essentially. Um, and it, they're, it, it's going to be a problem because their best receiver, whether you think that's Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave, regardless, he's going to lock one of them down. And I would assume it's probably going to be Garrett Wilson. And they're going to ask a lot of Olave, and Olave isn't Devontae Smith. I mean, Devontae Smith in a college football season put up Randy Moss, New England numbers, 105 catches, 1,600 yards, and 20 receiving touchdowns. He had another extra three, I think, on rushing and returns or whatever. But if Jalen Waddle plays, Ohio State's in a lot of trouble. Because Is Jalen Waddle a possible for this game? He is a possible as of this week. If it gets pushed back an additional week, which we're not even going to try and get into, but if it does get pushed back, he's like 100% for that. They're wondering if he'll be ready to go for this weekend. They're trying. They're trying their best. Um, regardless of whether he plays or not, I like Alabama close. But I think that if anybody's blowing anybody out, I do think it would be Alabama blowing out Ohio State. I just can't see Ohio State having the success that they had against Clemson again. That that would be wild to me. That would be crazy. Um, Ohio State's much better than I thought. And if the game plan works out for what they've done, they can have success against Alabama. I just don't think they'll have as much success. And I think Alabama is going to drop 35 points. I just don't know if Ohio State will. I do agree, though. I, I think I think Ohio State will, will win, which is not what you're saying. But I do think yeah. 
that if everything goes well, Ohio State can win. But Alabama, everything cannot go well, and I think they can still win. So, like, I do think if there is a blow, it would be in Alabama's favor. Yeah. But um, I guess the thing is, is I would have said the same exact thing I just said going into the Clemson game, and then Ohio State beat the brakes off them. So I really think that was a statement win. And, gosh, Justin Fields' deep ball looked awfully pretty against Clemson. So, I mean. He did. I and like he's better watching. than Mac Jones. He's better than Mac Jones. Yeah. But Mac Jones has more to work with. And that's not that's not a shot at what Ohio State's bringing to the table because Trey Sermon's no joke, Garrett Wilson's no joke, Chris Olave's no joke. But the Heisman Trophy just went to a wide receiver for the first time in 20-ish years. So the thing too, years. though, is Ohio State had to account for Trevor Lawrence's running ability. You don't really have that with Mac Jones. He's more of yep. a traditional pocket passer. Yep. I think you give the, a, the amount of talent Ohio State has on their defense. Yeah, a stationary quarterback. I I don't know. I just I think they could shock a lot of people. I think they could give Mac Jones a lot of problems. But Najee Harris. I mean, they had three Heisman candidates on their offense. That's that's incredible. Yeah, I just think that the problem with with what Clemson presented versus what Alabama is going to present. Clemson became very one dimensional in the game. They threw it upwards of almost almost fifty times, and they barely ran it. I think they ran it outside of their quarterback only twelve times. Um. And because in college football, sacks count as a rush attempt. I mean, I don't remember how many carries that Trevor Lawrence actually had, but it wasn't a lot, okay? Najee Harris is going to get a bunch of carries, probably 15 to 20-ish, maybe more depending on how this game goes. But they're also going to have success in the runs of the game. So I just think it's – Alabama's a much better team than Clemson. I would have picked them to beat Clemson. Um, I don't know. I think this is a fun game, though. Yep. It's a super fun game. Super What's competitive. Your score? 35-30. That's Alabama. funny. I'm going 34-31 Ohio State. Okay. Really close yeah. scores, though. I don't think anybody hits 40. Well, the over-under set at 75, so it's interesting yeah. that we're both under that with yeah. as high-powered as the offenses are. Because I think you're still going to need some defensive stops to win this game. Yeah, I, I just think this, this game could open wide up. I, th- I think from the neutral perspective, it's going to be really fun. Alabama fans and Ohio State fans got to be, you know, real nervous but excited too, and it's going to be a fun Monday night game. I hope it doesn't get postponed, but if it does, I'll watch it whenever it comes on. If for some reason a team does hit 40, and both teams average over that, but if for some reason a team hits 40, I don't think it's good news for the opposite team. Because that means, in my opinion – it would it would mean that that other team's probably turning it over more to give that other team more opportunities. It would probably institute a blowout, in my opinion. I think this is a mid-30s, just like you said, regardless of who wins. Mid-30s and back and forth, defensive stops. I just don't see this being a turnover battle that that gets that, that number. Right. Oh, that was fun. We'll move on. Um, we're split on that one, which is always good. Mm-hmm. NFL coaching vacancies. I wanted to I wanted to talk about this next. Um, fun topic. A lot of jobs open right now. Obviously, everybody's asking us about NFL questions and stuff like that. So I just kind of wanted to tackle this. Um, we're gonna do this a couple different ways. We're gonna maybe talk about maybe ideal candidates, but we're also gonna talk about what's the best opportunity. Because obviously, there's there's no way to really pick an ideal candidate. There's no way to lock down a, a prediction for a head coach. But I do want to talk about what this what the teams have as far as draft capital, uh, 
what their cap space looks like, and what's positive about them, what's their quarterback situation, things of that such nature. Let's go ahead and start off. Um, and I'm not ranking these, so it's not like a, this is best to worst. I'm just going to give you some opportunities here. Let's start with the Texans. Okay, They fired their coach um, pretty much exactly when we said they were, I believe, right before the bye week. Right after week four, right after, I yeah. believe what it was. So they were without a coach. They were without a GM. They just hired um, – Nick something from New England. He was an offensive assistant over there and stuff like that, player personnel. The Texans have no NFL first-round draft pick this year. They also don't have a second-round draft pick this year. Those both belong to the Miami Dolphins, okay? (laughs) Based off the projected cap of next year, and this number is not perfect, but this is going off of, in case you guys want to look up uh, what your team's draft, uh, sport track is very good for looking up cap space in the NFL. It's a very credible site. Uh, Feel free to look it up. A lot of NFL websites and ESPNs credit them as a great cap space site. Um, With that being said, it's based off the projected cap of next year, so it's not a perfect number, but it's a good number. They're negative 20 million. Got that? (laughs) Here's the positive that I I bring to the table, though. I'll just let you finish it. What's the positive of this team? They have the best quarterback available for the head coaching spot. Deshaun Watson is Period. head shoulders. That's, that's that's my that's my takeaway. They have the best possible quarterback of the six teams. Okay. Depending on we'll talk about that later. They Herbert have the best Lawrence. current right. Her- Herbert Lawrence, yeah. You know what you got. You know what you got with Deshaun Watson. But you have no draft pick in the first or second round, and you have negative twenty million. Um first off Give me your initial. What's what's your uh, what's your take of this job? Would you want this job? Do you have an ideal candidate? And uh, yeah, let's go from there. Okay, so what's kind of funny is I don't have a ton of candidates for a ton of these teams. I don't really know who That's anybody fine. can come out of nowhere. Joe Judge, but yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think it was funny that before the season and during, I had kind of mentioned Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, you've been at on this that. point. He's either had an interview or has an interview scheduled with. All five of these teams except the Texans, which is like, I thought he would be perfect. That's the only team he hasn't been contacted by or contacted himself, regardless. Um, I, In terms of the cap, I don't know what you can get for him or if you cut him, but you said negative $20 million. If they keep J.J. Watt, they owe him $17 million. If they cut him, they owe zero. Some of you may listen to the Pat McAfee show. He also reiterated that. Um, maybe we'll talk about J.J. Watt somewhere down the line. Absolutely. But they can kind of erase a lot of that cap just by simply getting rid of one player. But that's simply one player is their best defensive player and three-time defensive player of the year. So it's really not a great situation. Um, again, you come in, you have Deshaun Watson, but you can't really make a lot of moves. You can't really draft this year either. So it's kind of like a job that I maybe – Maybe they just stick with Romeo Cornell for a year. They give him another year with the system, and if he can improve, all they're asking is to go more than four wins, and that's it. And he can maybe keep the job. I don't know with his age. Um, you know, it's always another thing that you know if if you have a GM who came from the Patriots, does he try and get Josh McDaniels to come with him to get his first head coaching? Well, not first, but a head coaching spot there. So Josh McDaniels, I think. You know, just because of the relationship those two guys would have, and you have Deshaun Watson. Um, but in terms of where I rank the Texans, I feel like you could get you could get something for for JJ Watt still if you tried to trade him. Um, 
But to have Deshaun Watson as your quarterback is always a plus. And they really started to put that offense together later in the year before Will Fuller got suspended. I think the defense needs a lot of work, though. A lot of work to be done in the Texans' defense. But to be fair, there's a lot of work to be done on quite a few of these teams. That's why the head coach isn't there anymore. In closing, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being very desirable, 1 being no, no desire at all, where would you rank this job? Right out of 5. And that's solely for Deshaun Watson, I'm guessing. It's it, yeah. If they didn't have Deshaun Watson, this wouldn't this wouldn't be anywhere. Well, I mean, it's a nice city, I guess. Fun yeah. location. Yeah. Right in the middle of the country. Uh, but I'm gonna put it out of five. You've got a franchise quarterback locked up for four years, but there's a lot of work to be done on the team, and you don't have draft picks or salary cap space. How do you get better? Yeah. Uh, I'll go, I'll go quick on this one. I think that JJ Watt is on another team and unfortunately I don't think they're going to be able to get a lot for him. I don't think you're going to get a first or a second. I think you're probably in going to be in the fourth or fifth round range or he will be cut. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, at that point you're not getting anything, but you are saving a ton of cap and you're kind of given a player that you've, um, you drafted, and he has done nothing but succeed in your in your city as a person, as a player, as anything, as a locker room leader. You owe him to cut him loose, much like New England did Tom Brady, much like the uh, the Colts did Peyton Manning. There's just some players you just don't trade. Just cut them loose, let them make their own decisions, uh, save yourself the cap, and and be done. And I think the team would actually respect that more too, rather than trying to trade him for for crumbs and putting him in a situation where maybe he's not going to be able to succeed. Plus, I don't think anybody wants to pay him that $17 million anymore. He's, he's just unfortunately... Too many injuries he, last few still, years. Wor- still worth about $10 million. I think that's a fair contract for him. But the 17 that's that's pushing it, for sure. Um, for me, no draft pick and no, no uh, cap space puts you at about a 1. Deshaun Watson puts you at about a 9. I'm going to meet in the middle and go 5 just like you. I think that's the, I mean, he's even maybe potentially a 10, but we're still going to meet in the middle because of how bad the draft situation is, how bad the cap space is, and your best three players, two of them probably won't be on the roster. Will Fuller is owed money. He's going to be gone. He's a free agent. They don't have the money to pay him. J.J. Watt probably going to be cut because you got to get back to that cap space. And when when the cap's projected to drop, that's a problem. So. We'll go on to the next one. Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons. This job's been open now for five to seven-ish games, somewhere in there. Uh, They have the number four pick, okay? They have a veteran QB, Matt Ryan. Their cap situation's worse than the Texans. It's projected at negative 32 million, okay? Much like J.J. Watt, they can save a lot of cap by letting go of Julio or trading him. I believe he does have trade value. Mm -hmm. Um, Same with Matt Ryan. I don't think they can just cut him, but there is trade value there, and there's teams that would take him immediately. Where do you what do you want to go out on in this job? Um, first and foremost, I do want to say I absolutely think the best candidate is I don't even know his name, but the guy who filled in for Dan Quinn, who became the yeah. interim head coach. The team completely turned around. Um, you got, I mean, most of his tenure after he became the official head coach, you know, for or the interim head coach. Um, you saw what the team looked like without Julio. Calvin Ridley is just fine as your number one. Um, you have the fourth pick. You can trade Julio. 
you can cut or trade Matt Ryan or keep him one more year. I think you get rid of him. And with the fourth pick, you have you have um, your quarterback that you want to draft. Um, I think Julio Jones could be paired with the fourth overall pick to move to two if the Jets are willing to trade it. I think that's I was going to go there if you didn't. Absolutely plausible plan, and they could have their pick of the litter at quarterback. Um, yeah. You give Sam Darnold Julio Jones, and they still have a top five pick. I think that's more than enough. Um, I don't think this defense is as bad as it alludes to or like seems to be. I think it was more coaching. Like I said, their defense played much better um, after they switched coaches, which is weird because Dan Quinn's supposed to be a defensive head coach. Um, but overall, I think the Falcons is a seven. Um, you look at the two most competitive teams in your division. You can't. Uh, you you got to assume Brady's about or um, Breeze is about to be gone. Brady, you don't think can really play more than two or three years. Maybe he proves us wrong, but you think maybe two years after this one, you know, forty-four year old Tom Brady, forty-five year old Tom Brady. Um, so the division is yours for the taking. Um, it's going to be up for grabs, especially with the Saints losing Drew Brees. So I think that the Falcons' job is really desirable because you have ways to build the team. And if you have to keep the pieces you have, I think they're there. I think they're good enough with the right coach. I think this is a seven or an eight. You play in a dome. Um, you play in the NFC, which, um, you know, right now seems weaker than the AFC. So I think the Falcons is a really good spot for anybody to want to be. You made a lot of good points there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on a couple that you didn't say. Um, first off, the fact that you play in a dome's huge. The fact that your division seems extremely wide open in three years or less. Uh, Drew Brees leaving, Tom Brady not going to play forever, and Carolina is is extremely young, so they'll be they'll be on the rise. But at the same time, you'll be on the rise as well. Um, number four picks huge. I love that. There, there's some there's some capital there. Um, the 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 negative 32 million in cap space is is really rough. Obviously, trading Julio Jones away would would help, but it wouldn't get that down completely. I mean, he's only owed somewhere like 18 to 22 million, so uh, you'd still have to find another player to cut. I think this job becomes extremely viable with a lot of fantasy. Trading away Matt Ryan and getting some sort of pick back trading away Julio Jones and getting some sort of pick back and going extremely young for two to three years. That's, that's my, that would, you wouldn't be competitive in year one, 100% wouldn't be competitive, but in year two or year three, you probably would at number four. I think you actually would have your pick at the litter. And this is a different argument for a different day, but I'm not so certain the jets would take Justin Fields when they have Sam Darnold. Again, different conversation for a different day, but I think the Falcons might have their pick of the litter even at four. And even if Fields goes, there's still several quarterbacks that people like, people are talking about, you have the opportunity with. But this is a fun job, a lot of work job. You wouldn't be good right away. I have this one right at about a six, just slightly above the Texans job, simply because you have the four pick, you have the veteran QB if you decide to keep him, okay? But at the end of the day, the cap situation is really rough. I think it's a complete project, a complete build job. And there's a lot of great future with this job because of the dome, because of the division. It's a six for me. We'll keep it moving here. The L.A. Chargers. Okay. What's going on this one? They got the 13th overall pick. All right. 
They have $22 million in projected cap. And obviously, they scored with Justin Herbert. Where are you at on this job? This is the best of the six available. It's the wow. most. I, I think it's the. Uh, I think it's the most ready roster. Um, I think maybe you need one more piece on defense. But what draft pick do they have in the first round? Thirteen. Okay, you're at thirteen. You can get a solid defensive player at thirteen. Linebacker, corner, um, defensive um, tackle, I, whatever you I want. Know, I know everyone's forgotten. I know it's been two years straight, but. Derwin James comes back. I mean, we all remember what he was and what he can be, to, to the, especially to this defense. Kenneth Murray another year. I think this defense can, can, can get its get it going. Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. That offense looked totally different when Austin Eckler came back. They won four straight to end the year. The only downside is you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's going to be an incredibly hard division to to win but if you're basing your job based off of one opponent in the division I don't think you're fit for the head coaching job anyway um I also think if he's not for the Texans Eric Bieniemy, an offensive minded head coach under the Andy Reid tree he seems to be a really good candidate he played for the Chargers when he played in the NFL um I just think it would be perfect but you're in LA in the brand new stadium in a you know I just think everything's looking up for this team. I think this team is trending upwards. And, you know, until the Raiders get it together and, and the Broncos find a new quarterback, I think that, you know, division and wild card playoffs are in the cards for this team. I think the Chargers over the Lions, Texans, Jets, Jags, Falcons, I think Chargers is the best landing spot. And I value it at a 10 out of 10. You have a quarterback for the future, you have an offense. You have plenty of playmakers on defense, 22 million in cap space, first round draft pick right outside the top 10. Uh, I really don't know. When you're talking about ideal coaching spots, I don't know what else you would want than what the Chargers have to offer. A lot of great points again. A lot of great points. When you're when you don't need a quarterback or an offensive lineman, picking in the middle of the draft is always just fine. Because you will have your pick of one of these things. You're going to have either the best wide receiver, the best running back, the best middle linebacker, or the best corner. There are always at least one of those available still. Or the best defensive lineman. Because typically it's it's quarterback heavy and offensive lineman heavy. So if you don't need one of those two things, you'll be in good shape. The Chargers will be. They return a ton of injured pieces. Pass rushers, safeties. You, you said Derwin James, Joey Bosa. Um, this team is already loaded with a lot of great players. Keenan Allen, um, the running back they got late in the year, help me out. Eckler. Eckler, Austin Eckler, um, Melvin Ingram. I mean, little tons of pieces on this team. The best roster as far as winning in 2021. Best Probably, roster that didn't make the playoffs. Probably, yeah. So. And if we're going to go super deep, of the, I mean, next year you're going to play a third-place schedule. So you're going to play all the third-place teams, too. And this team, as you alluded to multiple times this year, they were in multiple games. They lost a lot of games by less than seven points. And they almost beat the Chiefs. They almost beat the Chiefs. Very good team. Um, It's a very desirable job. I wouldn't put it at a 10 out of 10 like you did. Uh, I guess I don't know where the flaws are. I mean, you don't need a lot of cap space when you have a good roster. You don't. I mean, that doesn't really matter. Um. Playing in L.A. is awesome. I mean, it's a great job. I'm putting it at probably an eight. 
only because, I mean, they're not a Super Bowl contender right now, at least. You still have a young QB, but the the the, the roster is great and will be great. Just need some culture change, probably. I'll put it in a neat. Let's move on here. So the Detroit Lions have another head coaching vacancy. It seems like they always do. I don't remember. I, I seriously can't remember the last head coach that got an extension. Says something. Detroit Lions have the number seven pick. Okay. 6.5 million in projected cap space. All right. And obviously they have a veteran QB, Matt Stafford, who is a, uh, he's durable. I mean, he doesn't miss a lot of games. And when he does, it's only because it's a season ending injury. It's almost never I'm banged up. I can't play. Um, where are you at on this job? Obviously, lots to be um, undesired, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think I have this as the least desirable of the six, um, probably around a three. Um, like you said, the Lions aren't good. They haven't been good for a long time. And when coaches go there, they're expected to do great things. And then when they don't, they're they're being released. Um, you have an aging quarterback in Matt Stafford. Everyone believes Matt Stafford is really good. Um, I think his career was made by Calvin Johnson personally. I don't think Matt Stafford was ever totally great. Um, I, I just think you, you have the seventh pick and you have to hit a home run at quarterback because this defense isn't terrible. They can get it done sometimes, but you have to hit a home run at quarterback and I, I don't know if you can do that at the seventh pick. They don't have a ton of flexibility at the cap. Detroit's in a tough division because, you know, the Bears, they had this little thing with Mitch Tr- or uh, with Nick Foles. It didn't work out. Mitch Trubisky seems to be who they're going to go with, and they look okay under Mitch Trubisky. The Vikings had a little bit of an off year. Doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers is going away in the next four or five years. He looks to be fine, so – you're looking at a team that's probably going to be projected to be last in their division unless there's some massive change. I I don't think the Lions is great. I mean, you play in a dome, but it's not the best city to live in, in my opinion. It's not – they need a new GM as well, I believe. Um, yeah. I, I don't really like anything about the Lions job, and if I got an offer from any of the other five, I would take it before I take the Lions job. Three. You're cr- you're you're crushing these. I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, the number seven pick is fun, but truly, this team has had a top ten pick uh, in the last ten years, probably eight times. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's probably at least seven or eight times. Um, seven on the low end. I just six point five million in cap. You're not you're not upgrading the roster, and this roster is bad. Let's face it, this roster is bad. Kenny Galladay needs paid, and you don't have the money to pay him. If I took this job, I would have to probably trade Matthew Stafford. And much like what we talked about with the Texans, I think Matthew Stafford in the number seven pick traded to the Jets could potentially move up. Um, And if not, you're the Lions. What do you have to lose? Matthew Stafford in two firsts. What do you have to lose? I mean, you, you haven't had success in... I mean, they've literally had one playoff appearance under Stafford, I think. Maybe two. They didn't win either game, but it's been a long time. I just don't know that this job makes a lot of sense for anybody but a proven head coach, like a Marvin Lewis, who doesn't care if he gets fired again at this point. I mean, he does. Don't get me wrong. But, like, 
it's going to end up with another young head coach and they're going to fail because unfortunately that's what this, this job is the lion's job. It's a failed job until it's either new ownership or they hit a home run. You know, they have to hit a guy like a Trevor Lawrence, you know, unfortunately they just haven't had the coaching there. They haven't had the pieces there. It's crazy because literally like a top three running back all time in a top as far as talent goes five wide receiver all time. And yet they've never sniffed greatness. They've never even sniffed it. They've never looked a playoff spot in the eye and said, we can actually make a run ever. Right. It's not a great job. It's not a great job. Uh, it's under the Texans for me. Uh, would you put it at a three? I put it at a three. Gosh, if it's not a three, it's, it's a, a two. two. <laughs> I mean, it's not a four. It's just not there. There's nothing about this job that screams great. I'm not trying to take shots at Lions fans. Just they haven't had success in a lot of spots. And I think that the roster, if everything was perfect, I think this could be a playoff team. But unfortunately, it's missing a lot of stuff. I don't like it. I don't spend a ton more time on it. We'll move on. Two fun jobs. There's a lot to like here. You ready? Mm -hmm. Let's start with the team that has the number two pick. All right. The Jets. So New York Jets have the number two pick, $133 million in projected cap. It's by far the most in the league. Matter of fact, it's almost double what number two is. Okay. And obviously, their one bright spot, if you want to call it one, is they have Sam Darnold. They don't technically need a quarterback. You could argue they don't. Where are you at on this job? Um, I think, I think you absolutely stick with Sam Darnold. I think there's a lot of upside there. Um, if it's not Trevor Lawrence, I'm not sold that anybody else is going to have that much more talent than Sam Darnold. Um, he's already been there for three years now. Um, you could get a haul for that second pick. I believe you can acquire picks. I believe you can acquire maybe some players. And with the amount of money that you have, there's a lot of holes that you can fill on this this roster very quickly. And as we saw, you know, outside of the bills, this division's kind of in chaos right now. I, I believe the jets, the jets could in one off season compete, start to compete for nine, nine to 10 wins. I don't think this team, you know, they won some games late. I, I just think Sam Darnold needs some help. And if you trade the number two pick away, I think you could get a guy like Julio Jones and move back in the draft a little bit and or or acquire two to three picks from a team who really wants a quarterback. Um, their GM has already stated they're going to make a trade this offseason. It's either going to be for Sam Darnold or the number two pick. So whoever gets this head coaching job gets to decide. I think that's very appealing. And um, <clears throat> again, I think that this this division isn't so far out of reach for the Jets with the amount of assets they have to acquire. You basically get to come in as the head coach and assemble a team kind of from scratch with what you want to do. There's a lot of options here. Whether they pick the right one is, is to be seen, but I have this job at, at a 7 out of 10. I think it's enticing, but let's not forget the team did go 2-14. and 14. So you're taking a very bad roster this you got to turn dirt to diamonds. The only good news is, is you have all the resources to be able to do it. So if they get the head coach right, or if you're a head coach candidate and you think you can get it right, 
I think this is the third best job available. The Jets at a seven out of ten. I actually have it tied with the Falcons. I think they're both both good at seven out of ten. So, first off, the number two pick, obviously great. You pick pick of the litter outside of Trevor Lawrence, so you can have whatever you want outside of Trevor Lawrence. Um, I agree with you. I would not move off of Sam Darnold. I would keep him. And at that point, the only way I I don't keep Sam Darnold is if I truly just want a rookie quarterback that I don't need to pay for another five years. Like, that would be my mentality. And just try to see what I can get for Darnold. Other than that, I would keep Darnold because you're not going to – he hasn't demanded a large contract at this point. Even if he goes out and throws 35 touchdowns next year, I don't think he demands a large contract. Second thing, the reason I think this job is so desirable is it has the Adam Gase rule. Anything that leaves Adam Gase instantly gets better. Look at point A, the Dolphins. Point B, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, literally, Adam Gase left the Dolphins. Everybody picked them to go 0-16. It took Flores a minute, but then all of a sudden, that team started to win. This year, they looked like real contenders. They were the best team that missed the playoffs. I, I think you said the Card- or the Chargers, but maybe Reese or was the Dolphins probably. I just- I just think the the Chargers do have a better roster. Dolphins were a much better team. Yeah. But okay. I do think from top to bottom, the Chargers have a better roster. Okay. Well, back to the Maybe Jets. Maybe that's a hot take. That yeah. might be a hot take for eh, listeners out there. I but. don't think it's super hot, but back to the Jets. I hate the Jets. This is a super, <laughs> this is a super desirable job. Um, the crazy thing is, so they have 133 projected cap. Second place has 77 million. Tenth place? has only 25 million. So from the distance between one and, and 10 is over a hundred million dollars in a year where everybody is losing money. They're going to have the money to take on anyone. They really want the pick of the litter. Kenny Galladay, anyone they want yep. Julio Jones. They could call up today and be like, we'll give you Julio Jones and will keep his contract where a lot of people or JJ Watt. I'm, I don't think they would take on a JJ Watt, but they could, they can take on anyone they want with that kind of money. And I think they could instantly be better because shockingly, the jets actually had a pretty good draft last year. Starting with Mikhail Buck Benton or Beckton or Beckton. Mikhail Beckton. And then they got Denzel Mims at wide receiver who came on late with Jameis Crowder playing. Yeah. Really, yeah. So. Lots of good about this, this, this roster. Um, I don't remember where I put the Falcons, but I put this at probably a seven or an eight. Didn't uh, CJ Mosley opt out for COVID? Yeah, they get Mosley back. They get CJ Mosley back in the middle of their defense. That's a big Yeah, and in a division that for twenty years people have called quote unquote garbage, um, the Bills look up and they look like they're gonna be good for a while. The Dolphins are trending up. The Patriots are probably trending down. You can be in there and start to trend with the Dolphins and start to compete. And uh, I don't know. I don't think the Bills are all almighty. I think they have their problems too. But the Jets is a fun job. It's a good job. It's not like, shockingly, it's not like the Lions who won five games. I would rather have the Jets job than the Lions job. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not even close. So let's get to the last one. Jacksonville Jaguars, the number one overall pick. 77 million projected cap. That's number two in the league. Okay. And unfortunately they don't have a QB situation. I think they started three different QBs this year. Maybe it was even four at one point, but they do have a very fun young running back who they aren't paying anything. 
So you do have at least one star player. They also have a couple of solid wide receivers. Um, outside of that, a roster that really needs a lot of help. Where are you at on this job? Okay, um, I have the Chargers at 10 out of 10. I have the Jaguars at 9 out of 10. Um, the reason being is this division, in my opinion, is the most winnable. The Colts, Titans, Texans, and the Jaguars. You play in Florida, tax-free. The weather's nice. It's a great place to play. You come in, the offensive line is solid. You have a rookie running back who plays top five in the league in rushing. You have a great, and I, I, I think people underlooking this because of quarterback play, you have a great trio of receivers. Keelan Cole, DJ Chark, and the rookie LaVisca Chenault Jr. That is a great trio. The tight end Tyler Eifert, who is injured all the time in, in Cincinnati, he played well last year, and he was kind of a bright spot on the offense at times. You're taking Trevor Lawrence at one. You're getting gifted a a monster rookie wide receiver. So now with your $77 million Quarterback. Every, yeah, what did I say? Wide receiver. My bad, quarterback. Yeah. So now you have $77 million and all future picks for this year and next year to fix that defense and acquire defensive talent. So you're drafting Trevor Lawrence, and you're basically saying you're walking into an, a franchise where the offense is set. you got to implement your own culture and just acquire defense because this team could really – this team has a legit chance to go from worst to first, I think, inside their division next year. Um, the Jaguars showed some glimpses. You know, they they took the Packers on late. They were able to beat the Colts once in the year. Um, <clears throat> they played the, I think it was the Browns pretty well. You know, some teams that have winning divisions, they played well. I think this team's offense is completely set, and you're getting, like I said, potential, you know, Pro Bowl level in year, year in, year out quarterback. And you just got to beef up the defense. It has some pieces, Miles Jack and Josh Allen on their defense. Um, I think this team could really go from worst to first. I think it's an incredibly desired job for all the reasons that I've stated, maybe a few that I've left out. But um, I think the Jaguars right behind the Chargers is the best spot to go if it's landed to you. And if it is Urban Meyer, it's Urban Meyer. I think he's more than, you know, his credentials speak for themselves. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, for everything you said, I'm, I'm... I agree. Um, I think it's probably the most desirable job because I think if you could, I probably place it at 10 out of 10, honestly, you're getting, I hate to put this pressure on, but you're getting a hall of fame level talent. Will he be a hall of famer? Who knows? God knows. I mean, we, we're not going to sit here and practice that or, but you're getting that in a talent. And at the end of the day, what more can you ask? You're you you're get the number you're terrible. You get the number one pick. You get a Hall of Famer. I mean, so the only issue is so they traded with. I'm trying to look it up here. They traded with the Rams, so they're also going to have the Rams first round pick as well. And I didn't put that on here. It's number 22. Okay, as of right now, it could it could change. Obviously, if the Rams win the Super Bowl, um, it's projected at about 22. So they're going to have two first round picks. I like this team to take Trevor Lawrence, and then after that, 
really find a P, find a player that complements Trevor Lawrence, whether that be an offensive lineman or a wide receiver or even a tight end, and maybe try and trade up, get Dennis Pitts, you know, from from Florida. See what you can do there. Um, you Kyle have the Pitts. Ca- Kyle Pitts. Thank you. You're right. Say Dennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dennis Pitta. <laughs> Old Ravens. Anyways, um, you you have the cap space. It's a fun job. It's in Florida, like you said, and I think it's it's a division, as you alluded to, that's extremely winnable, and that's that's saying something because there's two playoff teams in that division, you know, and the and third <laughs> and the other team is Deshaun Watson. So it's like it's a really weird division, and pretty soon, I mean that that division could have three of the top twenty five players in the league, you know, whether that be uh, Trevor Lawrence. Derrick Henry or Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's huge. So I like that job. It's a fun job. In my opinion, I think it's, it's the most desirable. It's the most desirable because they don't have cap issue. They don't have, um, I mean, they don't have quarterback issue because they don't have one. You don't even have to worry about who you're starting. It's, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. You're taking Trevor Lawrence number one, and then you have a 22 overall pick that you can mess around with. Um, and they can go out and they can go get a wide receiver. God, I love their wide receivers. I think it's got to be all defense. I think after Trevor Lawrence, it's all defense. Obviously, that's a conversation for another day. We'll get into the draft yeah. and things like yeah. that you know, earlier in the spring. But in conclusion for me, Chargers 10, Jaguars 9, Falcons and Jets at about a 7, Texans 5, Lions 3. I think that's the the most desirable locations in, in the order for me, it's probably it's Jags chargers jets. Falcons, Texans, lions, Texans, Falcons, lions. I'm changing it up. Okay. Just because I just, you know, my blind the love in Deshaun Watson. That's it. A, and I don't even know if he's going to be there. If he's not, he's then this a, completely changes, but. We'll keep it moving. We're not going to spend too much more time on that. Uh, mailbag questions. You ready? Yes, sir. As as always, we don't do a ton of research into these. We take them for what they are. Um, we're gonna. The first one was DM'd to me, so I'm going to my DM here. Okay. Uh, this one comes in from Jen Fisher. This happened today. Do you guys? How do you guys feel about the Indians Mets trade? Was it good? Okay, so um, I don't watch a ton of baseball. But a couple of things that I know, um, we were asked a mailbag question. Jeff re-brought this up before the pod to me as well. Um, way back when, our first mailbox, Nathan Ray, you asked us where we think he would go if he was traded. I had the Mets as one of my top choices, top three for sure. And I think I had them overall as where I think he would fit the best. Um, that's where he went. Um, every single Cleveland fan I talked to knew they weren't going to pay him. And then after he left, said, this is why we don't win World Series. Unfortunately, I, you know, any prospect can be hopeful and you can want great things. And I'm sure you do. But Cleveland lost this trade. They lost one of the three best players in baseball. And the New York Mets couldn't be happier. Uh, they're playing second fiddle to the Yankees all the time. And, you know, they, they got an absolute slam dunk. Mookie Betts, Mike Trout 
Francisco Lindor. I mean, I think those are two, some of the top three players. Sure, there's other guys, Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Bryant, mm-hmm. Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge. I mean, we know their names. Some of the guys from the Padres. I don't I don't know everyone. I'm sure I'm leaving some guys out. But Lindor, nine games out of ten, when you field the teams, he's the best player on either roster. And he left your team. So Mets got to be absolutely outstanding. And quite honestly, the, the, the stature of player Lindor is, I thought I'd see a lot more for Lindor. I thought I would see a lot more given up. I don't think the Mets could be any happier. And I know a lot of Cleveland fans and maybe some of you listening are pretty distraught about it, but Mets got a nice, nice talent for sure. So anytime there's a, uh, a trade in any sport, the question that you have to ask yourself is who got the best player? The Mets got the best player. So they won the trade. But, and this is especially true for baseball trades, you don't know who wins a baseball trade until about three to five years later. Because of the prospects, typically a lot of them haven't seen it in MLB field, and then they can turn into something. That, at that point, a lot of baseball trades have to be reassessed years down the line. I mean, truly, when when Detroit traded for Miguel Cabrera, they traded like five or six players. Two of them ended up being all-stars later. It ended up being a more fair trade than it sounded. Like, obviously, Miguel Cabrera is an all-fame hitter. And But at the end of the day, you ask yourself, who got the best player? They probably won the trade. But you can't really fully assess the trade until years later because, unfortunately, so Cleveland got like three players out of this. Two of them are minor leaguers. At best, one of those minor leaguers actually sees the field this year in a, in a limited role. The other one's probably farm system down the line. So, hope that covers it. Moving on. Uh, this one's coming in from Brad Eppert. Not you, your dad. <laughs> yep. Who is the hottest team going into the playoffs and why? I feel like we're going to agree on this, but I'll let you start. Um, I... You know, in my head, I think there's only three options to choose from. Maybe I'm missing um, one, but Packers, Bills, Ravens, I okay. think are the yeah. three teams yeah. that could choose. Um, I'm going to choose the Bills over the Ravens because I think the Bills have played the hardest competition in their last six games. And has anyone in the last month and a half turned on a Bills game or checked the bottom line and was like, oh, that's a close game. The Bills are in a tough one. Bills are just beating people. And it's like, yeah. everyone, the Bills are doing in reality how people talk about the Chiefs. People talk about the Chiefs like they're just going to steamroll everyone. They're winning close games, but it's like they're the Chiefs. But it's like the Bills are the Chiefs from last year. Absolutely hot quarterback playing out of his mind. The defense is coming together. Good. They beat good teams by a good margin. And they crush bad teams by a wide margin. They just, they're doing what they're supposed to do every week. And the Diggs Allen connection seems just as unstoppable as the Rodgers Devontae Adams connection. It's a different style, but I don't think anybody wants any piece of the Bills right now. I think they're the hottest team rolling into the playoffs. Can't, can't disagree. I thought you were going to go another route, and I'm going to. Uh, for me, it's Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens. So. Let's back up to August. Where did we predict Baltimore? 16 and 0, 15 and 1. I I did I had them 16 I, and 0. A yep. lot of people had them at worst 14 and 2. Yep, that, I think that's um, what I said too. Worst case scenario they, 13 and 3. They got humbled. They dealt with COVID. 
at at the end of the day, it's a fairly healthy roster. They added pieces along the way. Um, They're really just missing Stanley, the left tackle. Yeah, they do a lot of things that are successful in the playoffs. Well coached, lockdown corner, run game. Those are my three things, right? I've told you that. I've They've told got the you best that. kicker in the, the game. The best kicker in the game. Not close. Ever. Best kicker yes. ever, probably. Yes. Okay. I mean, we agree on that. Let's get yeah. that out of the way. Justin Tucker oh. is better at his position than any other player at theirs in the NFL. It's crazy. Justin He's Tucker. Kicker, I get it. But ridiculous. Yeah. People, I'm sorry. I get hyped about Justin it's Tucker. Fine. At the end of the day, I, I, picked the t- I picked the Titans, okay, for my my weird love for them. The Ravens are dangerous. My only issue, my, and it, I hate that it's an issue, but if they're down in the fourth quarter, I don't think they're winning the game. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they don't play a lot of fourth quarters. <laughs> they're up big on a lot of teams. Even good teams, they're up big on. Um, watch out for them. I think they're the hottest team going in because no one's talking about them, and they're good, and they're healthy, and they do things that you need to do to get to a Super Bowl. Well-coached, lockdown corner, run the football. Great offensive line. They do yep. all those things. Keep it moving. This one comes in from Aaron Rollins. Um, I'm going to kind of revamp this question. Um, who is the MVP of these three guys? Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen. Okay, so I know Aaron is a Bills fan. He is. So I know in his mind it's kind of like a why isn't Josh Allen being yes. considered the MVP? Yes. Um. First of all, to anybody who doesn't have him in the race, I don't know if they're not watching football. They just yeah. don't know who he is. They're not watching football. He's absolutely in the top three. Um, I think Mahomes is out if I'm talking about top three for MVP. It's, um, I, I just think uh, it's Rodgers. And it's, the, it's simply the touchdown to inter- interception ratio. What is it? 40-some touchdowns and like five picks this year. Um, it, uh, 47 new career high, new franchise high and five picks. Yeah. And, um, they have more passing touchdowns than punts on the year. Um, if you take Josh Allen out, they have good receivers and the bills are going to regress. Sure. Absolutely. Josh Allen is better than whoever else they could put out there. Packers miss the playoffs if Rodgers doesn't play this year. Like he, I just think he's more important to his roster in terms of a valuable player. Um, but just to clear the air, with that being said, Derrick Henry is my MVP. It's not a quarterback. But if we're talking about the quarterbacks, I do think it's Aaron Rodgers. But Josh Allen is without doubt number three. I just think Rodgers and Henry would be above him. Let me slip in here. So Absolutely. it's funny that you brought in Derrick Henry because I was actually going to change um, the players. So Patrick Mahomes, he's been great this year, but truly, I, I don't. He wasn't the best player on his team this year, and that I don't want to get all technical. But Kelsey had a better season than him in as far as statistics go. Um, for me, I would have actually left him off. I would put him probably at about five, only because you don't give a tight end the MVP. Uh, for me, it's Aaron Rodgers, then Derrick Henry, okay, then Josh Allen, then Tom Brady, then Patrick Mahomes uh, for my MVP ballot. But for me, it's it's got to be Aaron Rodgers. It's got to be. 
Uh, as you alluded to, he passed for actually now I think it's 48 touchdowns, not 47. Regardless, That's 48 he, touchdowns, 46 punts, I think is the statistic. He literally threw more touchdowns than they punted. It's it's an incredible statistic. I don't know how many times it's been done before. It's been pointed out. And the fact that he threw five picks all year, uh, Derrick Henry was great. In my opinion, just like you said about Aaron Rodgers, if Derrick Henry doesn't play for the Titans, I don't think they're a playoff team. They leaned on him so many times, and he was touching the ball almost as much as quarterbacks this year. I which think the Titans had a negative win-loss if he rushed for under 125 yards. I, yeah. I think that you, you, we, we, you can go back and look it up, or yeah. you can take it, because I, I think that is the statistic. It's not crazy. It might only be by one game. But I think they have a negative win-loss if he doesn't hit 125 rushing yards in the game. Yeah, so... So in terms of valuable player, if Derrick Henry doesn't win it this year, I don't know if a running back will ever win it. I think the MVP is just going to turn into like a Cy Young award for quarterbacks. Well, running backs have won the MVP. Adrian Peterson just did it just a few years back. Um, It isn't common. It's a quarterback-driven award. Wide receivers almost never win it. I don't think a wide receiver has ever won it. I'm going to give you a stat, and I'm, I don't even know what his catches are. I'm not even going to get into that. Derrick Henry had 378 carries this year, okay? 378. It's pretty staggering. Just for argument's sake, I'm going to give you the list of quarterbacks where he had more touches, okay? Lamar Jackson, more more touches. Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, Andy Dalton. Now, mind you, none of these quarter, none of these quarterbacks played full seasons, but just for argument's sake, um, Drew Brees had 390 touches, so he's right there with Drew Brees on the year. Ryan Tannehill, his quarterback, had 480, so only 100 less, and he touches it every single play. It's crazy. Derrick Henry has been insane, um, deserves at least number two, but probably Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, he will get that. Okay. We'll Josh Allen, make no, no disrespect here. He's had a phenomenal year. And if people don't value him that way, then I, I just think you're talking to the wrong people, Aaron, to be honest with you. If if the NFL had a, had a NBA award, most most improved player, Josh Allen would run away with it. It would. <laughs> he'd have had that by week 11. It would have yeah, been Josh Allen. Nobody else would even be voted because you would look stupid. Yeah. He is the most improved player in the league. This year I was – I apologize, like week three, didn't I? Like week four, something crazy like that. I mean – I was super high on Josh Allen when we talked about it, and I also predicted the Bills at thirteen and three. So it was like, yeah, I I, I don't want to say I saw this level from him, but like the team as a whole, I thought the Bills would be really good. And I seen you kind of laugh when I put Tom Brady above Patrick Mahomes. It's not even if it's accurate or not. I just I always kind of get a kick when you bring up Tom Brady ever. Like I just know how much you love the guy, and he's yeah, I would great die for him. I just but right, I there. He took that. over a team that didn't make the playoffs and threw up better numbers than Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. in my opinion, he should be above him. Right. So I, I don't, I don't think I'd have him at four. But I'm not going to tell you you're wrong at having him at four. It's just anytime you yeah. or Halbert bring up Tom Brady, <laughs> just, it always just makes me giggle a little bit. We'll keep it moving. This one comes in from Matt Cole, not including the top two seeds from each conference. So no Chiefs, no Bills, no Packers, no Saints. Which team from each conference has the best chance to win the Super Bowl? Steelers. And why? Next question. They're the best. They're better than any of the four teams you just named. Next question. What about the NFC? So you can be actually realistic for a second. <laughs> Bears. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, if, if I'm being realistic, if it's the whole the whole thing, 
Uh, the Steelers were 11-0 and at one point. Um, they have – you look at coaching, they have Mike Tomlin. You look at quarterback, they have a two-time winning Super Bowl quarterback. Um, they have the weapons on offense. And I think maybe the Rams, maybe the um, Saints, I think the Steelers have the best defense. And like the Rams have a defensive player of the year on their defense, I just think, you know – what the Steelers can do defensively, let league in sacks tied for the league in interceptions. I'm a Steelers fan. That's not a secret. I believe that, especially if you're eliminating the one and two seed from each side, they're a three seed. I would take the Steelers if it was out of those teams. From the NFC, super. I, I'm actually going to take Tampa. I'm going to take the five seed, Tampa. I think they have the best chance. Um, they play an interesting matchup week one, but. If they win, I mean, I I fancy them to, to, to beat whoever they play next, whether it's the Seahawks or the Rams or could even be the Saints or the Packers. I mean, I don't know who they'll play. It could be Packers and Lambeau. Um, I don't think anybody wants to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers were like, we're going to figure this thing out. doesn't matter how long. We're going to get to the playoffs, and then we'll see who wants to play us in the playoffs. A.B.'s finding his groove. Gronk knows where to be for Brady. Get the weather away from me with Brady. He'll be fine. They've got a stable of running backs that can all get it done. The defense gets after quarterback, stops the run. No one wants a piece of Tampa. And so if you're eliminating the top two seeds, uh, Buccaneers, Steelers, that's that's my pick. So 100% with you in Tampa. Nobody wants Tom Brady coming into their building in the playoffs. He's a threat just showing up. So. For the NFC, that one's easy for me. For the AFC, I'm going to do what you just did. I'm going to take the team that I predicted to lose because <laughs> you picked it the buck to lose. The Ravens. They, like I just alluded to, they have the formula to make it to the Super Bowl. The run game, the offensive line, the coach, and, and some corners. I mean, that alone can get you a playoff win. If it, it only takes one game at a time, and then all of a sudden you're in the Super Bowl. And I like the Ravens as far as that. It's it's really weird because I would like the Titans more in that situation if they had the corners. They don't have any sort of pass protection and they can't rush the passer. Um, but the winner of that game, I think, has an opportunity, but I would take the Ravens as far as a long term. I just don't think that the Titans match up well with the 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 top two teams, the Bills or the the Chiefs. The Titans don't match up with them. Just my opinion. We'll keep it moving. Um, NBA team. Oh, this one comes in from Jamie Lado. NBA teams, which teams, if any, that missed the bubble playoffs last year, will make it this year? I think this is easy, at least for one team. Okay, uh, super easy for the Phoenix Suns. Suns, absolutely. Right, I think I don't forget who shared it, but they're six and two right now, and they have seven players averaging over ten points. Chris Paul. Um, yeah, he's phenomenal. Um. For the East, it's really tough. You know, I, I'd like to say Washington, but they've been pretty rough. Yeah, they, I, I'm going. With, I'm going with my seventh seed that we predicted in the NBA, Atlanta, and they look somewhat it, good already. If they missed, I'm trying to more or less trying to remember who missed the bubble. Yeah, I think Atlanta, Atlanta missed it, and they're they, they fixed up their team. Warriors, Warriors can make the make the bubble, especially if Steph Curry is playing it the way he is. I think yeah. there's a few teams that really have a real shot. And when you talk about Jamie getting out of like who missed the bubble, um, 
for a lot of you uh, listening, something we overlooked is there is a play-in round for the playoffs yeah. now in the NBA. So your top six seeds on each side are locked in. You take the seven versus the ten and the eight versus the nine, and they play a max of three games. The higher seed just needs to win one time. Or No, I'm sorry. They only yeah. play two games. The yeah. The higher seed, if they win once, they're in the playoffs. But if the lower seed can win both, they actually go in the playoffs. So technically, if you count that as a little playoff series, there's actually going to be 10 teams from both sides that make the playoffs. And I think that's a really fun thing that they added into the NBA. So there's going to be a real chance for a couple of teams to be able to make it who weren't in the bubble last year. I think Warriors, Suns, and Hawks. The Hawks have played well. Trey Young making a big step to year two. Um, or year three now, year three, right? Yeah, him and Luca came in at the same time. Yeah, so I think those three teams w- would be really good. But yeah, w- we're gonna see a couple, I think. Okay. Um, next one. Gotta skip a couple questions because we've answered them on pods this week. Uh, this one comes in from Marcos Mata. Does Cam Newton get signed, and by who? Talking about next year, obviously. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you take this one. Uh, I got one comment, really, and uh, but I'll let you take this one. Yeah, I think he's a good shot at getting signed. Um, only because he's not going to demand a lot of money. So, at some point, he will find a roster. Um, that might be the Patriots again. The Patriots have the most unknown quarterback situation. You called it out uh, in our in our preview show months back you said this patriot quarterback situation might be a storyline for four to five years it very well could be they could get pm newton again rumor has it they're not going to who knows uh i think washington makes a lot of sense obviously ron rivera um and i think that there's probably other squads that if they move on from their quarterback to get draft capital and they bring in a rookie they might take a chance on cam for the small amount of money that he, you know i just gave you a, a couple of teams here um the Falcons, who have no draft capital or no cap space, if you trade Matt Ryan, you trade Julio Jones, you draft a guy, they could sign Cam Newton. I mean, I don't know that. I mean, the one thing that we thought we knew about Cam Newton turned out to not be true in New England. He is 100% a locker room leader. Everybody loves him, at least in New England they do. They all love him to death. Just He wasn't good passing the ball. And that's, I mean, Tom Brady wasn't good passing the ball in our offense, and you've seen what he did in Tampa. So uh, I don't think it's all Cam Newton. Cam Newton wasn't great this year, but I don't think it's all him. It's probably it's probably 50-50, honestly. Okay, I am going to go back to um, what I said before Cam Newton even got signed to the Patriots, and I'm going to oh. have kind of the same take. Um, nobody wants a celebrity backup. If you are uncertain about your quarterback and you bring in Cam Newton and he's behind him, one bad game, a couple bad series, the fans start chanting Cam Newton. We want to see Cam, you know, I don't think you want him as a backup. So I think we will go into the 2021 season and Cam Newton will not be on a roster, but you take teams like maybe the Steelers or the Bills or some teams that are in win now and maybe maybe in the season they're four and two or maybe they're uh, six and three or seven and two. They've got a good record. They know they can win it with the roster and their quarterback goes down hurt, they may look to Cam Newton to kind of right the ship. Um, so I think that's kind of his situation. I I think, and I could be proved wrong, obviously, 
I think his days as a true number one starting quarterback are over because at the end of the day, you have to be able to throw the football. And he didn't look very good throwing the football. And you talk about, well, he does have the running ability. Yeah, but the only he really doesn't. Exactly. The only one who gets away with that right now is Lamar Jackson. Truly, like, you questions about the throwing, but he's such an elite runner. Cam's not who he once was. Maybe a goal line back. Maybe the Chiefs sign him as a goal line back because they need one of those. Like, Well, he had 12 rushing touchdowns this year. He is unstoppable at the goal line. He has 12 rushing touchdowns. The Patriots had 10 receiving touchdowns, and one of them was Cam Newton. So yeah. maybe you bring him in, and instead of, like, a speed Taysom Hill, you bring him in in power packages. Maybe you let Cam experiment with them. Maybe Cam Newton runs tight end this play, goal line back this play. You bring him in in a second and three and let him run a designed run as a quarterback. I think maybe as a gadget guy, but Cam Newton is our starting quarterback week one. I don't think those days happen again. I think Cam Newton is a, is a, he's just a cog to the engine. He's not the engine itself. Another team that just popped into my head. If, if, he was to be a starting quarterback next year. This team makes a little bit of sense. If you don't draft a quarterback and you're out on Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick goes elsewhere, he would be a good fit in Miami. First off, again, the, the leadership quality, it's proven. I guarantee Flores would call up Belichick and be like, is this all hearsay? I think Belichick, he said a lot of good things about Cam. And they have better pieces than New England does. I think he would be a better fit there. Just to answer the question in short, week one kickoff, He's not on a roster, my opinion. Okay. Uh, next question here. Uh, actually, that was answered this week. It was who wins the Heisman. Obviously, that's Devontae Smith won the Heisman. All right, here's the last question we got, okay? This one comes in from a former podcast guy with us, Nick Gallagher, who's on for a couple episodes this year. How far do you see Michigan basketball going this year? Champion. I can start unless you got one. Or Championship. Championship. So, who's gonna beat Michigan? <laughs> I'm all ears. Who gonna beat us? Let me let me say this. Um, as somebody that does not miss a lot of Michigan basketball games, I watch a lot of them. Uh, I usually watch 90% every year. Uh, I've seen what I need to see already. Truly have. I don't care who the opponent is. Okay, I can almost tell you if we're gonna win or lose based off of how the how the matchup seats. But Michigan goes six deep. They have six guys that can go out and get you 15 points. That's a lot. Okay, a lot of teams don't have that, right? Second thing, we're going to do one of these three things. Book it. We're either winning the Big Ten or winning the Big Ten tournament or reaching the Elite Eight. And that's a successful season. And for that, I can be happy with. One of those three things will happen this year. That's how good this team is. Hearing those things, um, looking at what the rest of the Big Ten looks like, I expect Michigan to win the Big Ten tournament, or at least the Big Ten. You know, in the tournaments, a game can happen. You never know. But they're going to win the Big Ten. And when it comes to the the March Madness, if Michigan doesn't reach the Elite Eight, it's a disappointment. As much as a successful season would be Elite Eight, the team is so good. They're one of the best defensive teams in college basketball. Um, We've got bigs. We've got wings. We've got guards. And like you said, we've got – Two guys can have an off night. We still have four that can give you 15 to 20 points. So Michigan's deep. They're well coached. Juwan Howard has been a home run for Michigan basketball, and we are only trending upwards. They are so fun to watch. Yeah, that wraps it. That's all the questions. So 
Fun pod. Yeah, fun pod. Hopefully we uh, we answered all your questions. I took Bama. He took Ohio State. We went through all the coaching vacancies. We went on uh, what their value is as far as on the open market for a head coach. And we took your guys' mailbag questions. I hope we did it justice. Um, it's been a fun Thursday. We will uh, see you guys next week, right? Yep. Go Steelers. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Go Blue. Go, go Power Rangers. Mm.